0: can engage, engage, and just see see what's happening with the treaty and, and join us in imagining what our world could look like over the next few decades.
1: Welcome to Renew Our World podcast. Renew Our World is a global movement of Christians who believe in helping one another, calling for justice and caring for creation. Join us this season as we'll be discussing the latest in climate news, chatting with theologians, activists, and some of our incredible members and friends working on the ground. I am your host, Jessica Wali. Welcome to this episode of... uh the renewal Award podcast and uh on this episode i have two amazing people that are doing amazing works and they're going to just share with us some of the things that they've actually been doing they've been up to and specifically today we'll be looking at the intergovernmental negotiating committee um that was happening in paris this was the i NC two that was the second uh, edition of the intergovernmental negotiation committee and uh, the two uh, people that I have today uh, joining me on uh, today's episode were there in person that is in Paris and they are joining me online today uh, so which is amazing we'll be having this conversation online uh, to just see exactly what happened. I have Lucy on the call and I have Hannah. So what I'll do is I'll allow Lucy to introduce herself and also tell us uh, what she does in Fund, and also Hannah, she'll introduce herself and also tell us what she does. Then from there, we'll get started with our conversation. My name is Jessica Wiley. Lucy, welcome to today's uh, episode of uh, our podcast. Could you just kindly introduce yourself and what it is that you do?
2: Thank you, Jessica. Yes. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Lucy. I live in the UK, near London, with my uh, husband and our children. Um, I joined Fund about a year ago, and my role here is primarily to lead our involvement in those negotiations that Jessica was talking about on the Plastics Treaty, really to just try and secure the best outcome we can for people living in poverty. That's me. Thank you so
1: much, Lucy. Hannah?
0: It's so great to be here and speaking with you both. Um, I live in the UK, in Oxford, um, and my role in Tear Fund is to um, kind of gather and equip people to take action on injustice. Um, Yeah, that's it. Okay.
1: Okay thank you so much hannah so these are the two amazing people that i have uh today and we'll be having that conversation in line with plastics because definitely plastics is um a conversation that in a lot of circles been spoken about we have seen how plastic pollution has been killing our environment has been killing people in different parts of the world and there's a whole lot of things that or steps that could actually be done in order to just try and curb all these uh, negativity that surround plastic so uh uh lucy i'll start with you Um, we've talked about the negotiations that were happening, the plastic negotiations, I think in, 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 um, in simple term, I'll just maybe be referring it to the plastic negotiations that were happening, um, in Paris. Could you just maybe explain to us what the, uh, negotiations are all about and what it was like you being at the plastics treaty talks in person?
2: I can certainly have a go. Um, you did a very good job yourself, Jessica, there remembering um, INC and all the different acronyms that surround the treaty. Um Really, these uh, INCs, these negotiations, are a series of meetings with the aim at the end of them of having a global treaty, a global agreement on how to tackle that problem you were describing, that problem of plastic pollution and its impacts on on humans and on the environment. Uh, For those who know a bit about climate and the work going on there, it's helpful to think about this a little bit, like the Paris Agreement that was made um, for climate a few years back. So once these series of meetings have happened and there is a treaty, there will then be annual um, COPs, just as there are for climate and for biodiversity and for lots of other global issues. So really, this is plastics pollution catching up and uh, getting its own global treaty, global space um, to deal with this global problem. So Paris, uh, where Hannah and I were at the end of May, was the second in a series of five meetings, five INCs, uh, and they are scheduled to run until the end of 2024, so next year. And as I say, at the end of that, the hope is that there will be a treaty uh, on how to tackle the issue, which all nations can sign up to and and follow, obey. Uh, So that's really uh, the aim. What is it like being at the Plastics Talks? I think you asked that. Um, Uh, it's a roller coaster, and I'm, I'm sure Hannah would, would agree if she wants to add afterwards. Um, I, I wrote down some words when I was thinking about this. I wrote down exhilarating, uh, encouraging. Uh, I also wrote down frustrating and demotivating, and it can be all of those things and more in the space of a day. Um, but having said that, it is a fantastic space to be in, and it is really important and valuable for us as Tier Fund and other NGOs, other people in civil society, to be there and to be having conversations with the people who are writing this treaty. Uh, yeah, that's that's the treaty negotiations.
1: Yeah. No, thank you so much, Lucy, for making it as uh, simple as uh, it can, because I understand definitely there are a lot of words <laughs> that get to be attached with, with conversations yeah. such as this, but you making it that easy for us to understand uh, makes a whole lot of sense. Thank you so much. And you describing how it was for you being in talks, Uh, I would like to ask first of all could you share with us what is it exactly that you are lobbying for at the negotiations and uh, the words that you've actually shared as uh, how it is being there which word are you going to attach uh, in line with the negotiations that you went there for what you are lobbying for yeah so
2: what we're lobbying for changes a little bit with each meeting just in line with kind of where the negotiations have got to as you as you can understand um, but we have sort of four overarching aims that are our aims for this whole treaty process and what we want to see come out at the end of it uh, and they kind of cut across the whole scope of the treaty um, so the first one is that we want to see a reduction in the amount of plastic that is made in the first place it it's logical to say that if we reduce the amount of plastic then in time we will reduce the the number of impacts um, that that plastic when it becomes pollution has on people and the environment so that's the first and the most important one if we don't get the reduction in production everything else is just trying to, to mop up the problem without really addressing the cause uh, the second thing we really want to see is um, access to waste collection for everybody we say that because actually one in four people across the globe don't have um, a way of safely getting rid of their rubbish that is to say no one comes and collects it uh, and as uh, you hinted at before, Jessica, that often means that they have to dump or to burn it. And that is where a lot of these devastating health impacts that, that you touched on uh, come from. So access to waste collection, really big ask. Um, thirdly is around uh, respect for a group of people called the waste pickers or the informal waste sector. People also describe them as that. Uh, they are a group of people who work uh, across the globe, often in in urban settings, um, Picking up where this waste management is is failing, um, so collecting huge amounts of waste, particularly recyclable waste and plastics, uh, they actually collect sixty percent of all the plastic that gets gathered globally for recycling so they're really the hidden heroes of the of the whole plastic recycling system, and they uh need to uh have a, a clear role in the development of the treaty, and they need to have a key key role to play in, in that new world that the treaty creates. Um so even as we're reducing the amount of plastic and trying to use plastic differently, there is a key role for waste pickers uh in that in that new scenario. And then lastly, we just want a treaty that uh that is really strong. We use lots of terms here. Legally binding is one that, that people use a lot. Just a treaty that really has teeth um, and can really hold businesses and governments and, and countries to account um, hold, uh, so that they must commit to taking action and so that there are real consequences if they don't. So there are sort of big four treaty aims that we go to all of the negotiations lobbying on and then each time you know there might be specific things that we're lobbying on in line with what's been going on um in the months before the negotiations uh you asked me a question about the words again sorry jessica i didn't quite catch that question
1: yeah um looking at the what you were lobbying for lucy the words the words that you had actually shared as how uh, you know it feels like being in the talks. Which word or the mm. words that you would actually attach uh, to the what you were lobbying for after the negotiation? Which one would you go like? Okay, oh, okay. I think this. This was this. This was like this. Uh, which word would you like? Just without any explanation, which word would you pick? Oh, I was going to give an explanation. <laughs> um, encouraging, <laughs> encouraging. In terms
2: of our yeah. lobbying aims, as I just described them, encouraging. Mm-hmm. other things okay. are frustrating other things to do with the negotiations and the way the talks are panning out are frustrating and demotivating but in terms mm-hmm. of our lobbying aims and people listening to them and taking heed definitely encouraging
1: mm. that's that's really good thank you so much lucy i think one of the uh things that you were lobbying for i Was really kind of uh smiled when you mentioned was just you know you bringing the people that we are talking about plastics. I think the major or one of the major stakeholders that we could ever think about is definitely the west speakers. So it would, I don't know how it would be like you know having a conversation without really uh the people that do so much um on the ground when it comes to this conversation. So I'm personally, I'm actually you know, I'm, I'm 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 glad that you you thought also about this in terms of your 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 what you are lobbying for which is i think quite encouraging like you've mentioned it's encouraging because uh, these definitely you can never have a conversation about plastic without West speakers then i don't know what exactly it or which directions could go for so thank you so much lucy for just sharing with us um about uh what you were lobbying for and exactly how it looked like on the ground while you were there hannah i'll turn to you let's look at some of the activities that um happened while you were in, in in paris and also if you could share with us uh you know if there are any specific um, activities that you embarked as the team uh, that you went there, uh, anything in particular
0: yeah so in total we were there for just under a week and um, if I had to answer the question you posed to Lucy which was which words would I use to describe the week my word would be fun, <laughs> I had so so much fun, um, it was just a, me- a week full of meeting people, connecting with people, exchanging ideas and um, And I mean, I'll I'll jump into some of the activities. One of the um, highlights for me was connecting with the youth coalition. So um, for the treaty negotiation process, the UN has established um, a youth major group so they are able to engage in the in the negotiations. Um, and I didn't know they were going to be there. <laughs> when I turned up, there was just a little poster on the wall that um, kind of described that the young people were meeting together and which room it was in. Um, and so I popped along and saw saw who was there and connecting with them. And it was, um, I don't know if the word is inspiring, but it was really powerful actually to see them organising themselves to talk about what they want to achieve and them talking about their the experiences that they've had um in their country seeing them come together to um create a positions paper and then um organise themselves and strategize and how they were going to um kind of meet with decision makers from various countries and and think about how they were going to shift the treaty themselves. Um, So that was a lot of fun. Um, And a lot of them came along to engage with a stunt that we organized um as a team so we wanted to share one of our key messages and and kind of make a, a big song and dance of it out of it make a make a point and create a focal point for it so we gathered a group of activists outside the unesco building um and we were drawing attention to Research that we have recently published, um, which highlights that 218 million people around the world are at risk of more intense and frequent flooding as the result, as, <laughs> resulting from um, plastic pollution, and that's because um, plastic waste clogs drains and it makes it more difficult to um, for for the water to drain away where there are um, heavy rains and where there is flooding, and so we dressed up these activists as lifeguards we were wearing yellow t-shirts we had some whistles um some red trousers as well um and stood outside the unesco building and, and and chanted some slogans that drew attention to this stat um and it was really really impactful as so so we stood kind of just as the first meetings of the day were occurring and getting ready and so there were people walking past, entering the building, stopping, standing, watching, listening and um, some of those you could see were government representatives, some of them NGOs um, and so it was a great point of impact but it was also a really empowering moment I would hope for the activists who took part, for them to have a space to raise their voice, contribute their voice um, and draw attention to, to the the human impact and, and the human side of um plastic pollution
1: yeah wow that's amazing um, hannah and looking at you know young people taking center stage in such conversations i think i'll draw back to the words that you both have used it's quite encouraging because i think it's really understanding that you know there's something that the young people have to do and they have to do it now so it's encouraging that uh, such a thing happened a stunt actually happened that young people were involved and hannah i think just following that up uh, a stunt i understand you were trying to send a message uh, actually um out there do you think um in the way that you sh- could have been one of the ways that you did the stunt do you think countries actually at the negotiations uh, do listen uh, let's look at from the young people's perspective actually do listen to what is brought forth the concerns of uh, the young people and also um, are the west speakers uh, heard at such conversations because we are looking at maybe them being one of the core um, you know, core uh, stakeholders of these conversations, but are they being heard? And do you think countries actually do listen to people's voices? My
0: answer
1: and my... when I talk about.
0: Go Sorry, inside. Hannah, just before no, we come no. through, when I talk <laughs>
1: about countries, when I talk about countries, actually, I mean leaders, you know, because I know like uh, everyone in the country would listen yeah. and uh, <laughs> probably there's nothing they can do about it. But let's talk about leaders, world leaders, country leaders, those that actually are sitting in those negotiations.
0: So my answer is mixed. I I would say for the majority, yes, I think there is still more work to be done. Um, So on the youth side of things, I think what was really, really great is the young people were able to organise a um, meeting, a dialogue between UN representatives and themselves. Um, The room was incredible. It was um, kind of a a panel of... um, UN delegates and a room filled with young people and they presented their ideas and asked these UN delegates to respond um both in terms of the content of the treaty but also in terms of um youth participation and where more room can be made and so it's in moments like that where yes leaders are listening um yes leaders are sitting down to have conversations um but of course there is also this part of the conversation where um countries can be doing more and creating more spaces to engage young people and doing that actively um, and making sure that they are yeah, feeding into the visions that these countries are crafting and creating. Um, but I do see a willingness and, and there are a few moments where I saw um, kind of country leaders asking for more information. So again, at that, that youth meeting, somebody had mentioned just transition and one of the the UN delegates the country leader delegates had kind of picked up on that and said oh this is something I'm really really interested in can we speak because I want to find out more information so again that being kind of a direct point of influence and sway um which was really really great in terms of the waste pickers again this feels like a yes but the need to create more spaces for those voices to be heard is is really necessary. So another one of the activities that we took on during the week was to support the organisation of, um, again, another dialogue, a, a panel discussion for waste pickers to talk about um, what needs to be in the treaty for us to um, kind of work towards and achieve a just transition and part of the reason we organised that meeting was because one of the official UN side events um, that was talking about just transition I believe did not um, invite the anybody any any members from the International Alliance of Waste Pickers to speak Um, and so they said well let's create our own space and again another incredible and powerful moment because it was a room packed to the brim, Um, I couldn't actually get in, I was sitting on the kind of towards the door on the floor (laughs) but it was absolutely packed and again filled with government representatives um, as well as NGOs and others um, and also co-hosted by um, several government, sorry government representatives from several African countries. And and so these spaces are being created. Um, There is a strong, I believe there is a strong willingness from countries who are interested in just transition to hear um, the voices of waste pickers. And it's a question of how can we make sure that we are communicating their voices well um, so that that willingness to to engage is directed well, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah, they're my thoughts.
1: Yeah no thank you so much hannah and thank you so much for sharing with us definitely a lot of people couldn't be there in person but just uh you giving us a picture of what happened or um what had happened uh it's really uh empowering and thank you so much that you could actually share that with us uh lucy i'll i'll come to you um i would like to you you've clearly explains to us when you started speaking about what these ne- negotiations are all about and how long they'll take uh, to actually get to that uh, treaty at this at the pace or maybe at uh, looking at what has been happening the the two negotiations that have gone uh, uh, prior do you think uh, we are headed in a right direction where some of these, like some of these things that you went lobbying for, could actually be uh, end up could end up in the in, in the treaty when all these negotiations are done. Where do you do you think uh, the negotiations are in the right direction, or do you think there's a little more that needs to be done, or we are just we are safe so that we should know like okay, guys, I think uh, there's something good coming up, or maybe there's just something that we can do faster or better or in a particular way. Yeah, thanks Jessica. Um are we headed in the right direction?
2: Yes. I say that a little bit tentatively, as you can hear from my tone of voice. Uh, yeah. Yes. There are still three rounds of negotiations left. So there is still ample time um to, to get us get the treaty to the position we want it to be. Um having said that, there is a lot of work to be done in that time. Um at INC Two, sorry, the last round of negotiations in Paris, um, there was a paper tabled by, by the Secretariat for Discussion called the Options Paper. I mean, it had a very long title, but we'll call it the Options Paper. And that listed sort of every possible measure that could be included in a treaty text. And it drew from all the different suggestions that the different countries involved had put forward. So it was really like a menu, I suppose. Um, and included in that menu was everything that we would want to see in the treaty. Now, of course also included in that menu were plenty of things we absolutely would not want to see in the treaty Um, and the task now is to whittle that down into a draft text a a proper draft text of a treaty with all the correct structure and formulas that, that these sorts of documents have to have and then for the delegates to get their clause on that draft text and debate, <laughs> negotiate um, what makes it into the final text. So the really good news is, as I said, that options paper includes everything we want to see in the treaty. So it is on the table. We are not fighting at the moment to get things on the table. What we will be doing, I expect, in the coming meetings is fighting to keep those things in the actual treaty text as it gets formulated. Um, but we start, as I say, from a position of strength. Um, so that that is really encouraging. Um, It was interesting when when you were asking Hannah about whether uh, countries listen. Um, One challenge we found at INC2 was that many of them would have liked to listen. Several of them not, but many of them would have liked to have listened. But there are a lot of other distractions going on in this space. There are lots of geopolitical issues, let's call them. People can probably think about the types of things I mean uh, when you get all of these nations from across the globe together. Um, that have often nothing to do with plastics. Uh, sometimes they do, but to do with global global politics, um, and they get in the way, um, and they can lead to long, protracted discussions in the negotiating room that are really, as I say, not really to do with plastic at all. And that took up a great deal of time at INC two, and therefore reduced the amount of time we had to negotiate the actual plastics treaty. So I think I think that is a, a risk that that will continue to happen and could just push things off course um, and threaten how much work we can get done and therefore how strong a treaty we can come out with so not to jump ahead but that is definitely uh, an area for for prayer i mean global geopolitics uh, war conflicts disagreements between nations is always an area for prayer isn't it uh, but in terms of the plastics uh, negotiations as well it is an area for prayer so yeah i just wanted to add that on top of
1: what hannah had said there well thank you so much lucy and uh we'll be wrapping up very soon uh this is the renewal world podcast and today i am having a conversation in line with plastic this is just how i put it plain plastics and uh we are i'm talking to hannah lloyd and also lucy tana who are uh Giving us more information about uh, the plastic negotiations that are actually have been going on and are also going on um, To just see if there's a treaty that could actually be able to come up with that could benefit actually a whole lot of people um, in line with you know uh, plastics and just to try probably save the environment uh, and also save people so uh, as we are about to wrap up I will let me go to hannah hannah could you kindly share with us um your hero if you have on top of the head like i think this person or this organization or, or or just this group of people just stood out for me at these negotiations and also could you share with us what i would refer to as a villain in your eyes like you're probably something that just someone or some people or a group of people that just made you shake your head like what's going on what's this could you just kindly share with us (laughs) oh
0: um well like i said i love connecting with people so there are so many people i could put on my hero list um i will give two one um was a so, so there was a point where the Youth Coalition um, kind of spoke and gave their opinion um, on an aspect of the negotiations. And at one point, um, that responsibility was given to a 12-year-old boy and he captivated the hearts of everybody in the room, but also spoke really well um, <laughs> and mentioned some of our lobbying points, some of the things that we wanted to see in the treaty. So he gets a hero <laughs> hero badge for me. Um, and then there was also a point where... Um, the negotiations are being stalled, and correct me if I'm wrong Lucy, I believe there was a, a country delegate who stood up yeah. and kind of <laughs> objected to the whole palaver and said, I'm heading outside, um, kind of to, to, to get the ball rolling. Does anybody want to join me? Um, and I just love the, the passion, the determination um, and drive from that person. In terms of villain, I would allocate (laughs) to the villain box anybody who was trying to stall the process, let's just, let's just put it that way, Um, rather than sitting down and thinking about the people um, and lives that are at stake um, as a result of of plastic pollution and and wanting to to do something and move things forward, um, they would be my villains, good question. (laughs)
1: <laughs> thanks so much hannah uh lucy your highlight let me, let's me let look at your highlight uh probably something that if anybody were to ask you today like lucy what did you go do in paris like you just have like this moment on top of your head what is your highlight of the um negotiations that happened um, my highlight or possibly highlights, but it's it's a type of highlight, if that's
2: allowed, uh, is when I have a conversation with a delegation or a delegate sort of in the corridors or in, in the queue for lunch or, or whatever about about our work and then Immediately afterwards or at some point later in the week, I hear them make uh, an intervention, a comment, uh, where they directly reference what we were talking about. This has happened repeatedly, both in Paris and at the, the previous round of negotiations, and there is nothing more encouraging Um, Because they don't always tell you they're going to do it, but but you're sat there listening to the different interventions, sometimes getting a little bit sleepy as they drone on about issues that are not to do with plastics, as I said before. And then suddenly a voice comes in and talks about, um, in this case, the impact of flooding, as um, Hannah was describing earlier, that the research we were showcasing in Paris. the importance of solid waste management that's the the collections of, of people's waste the need to end open burning and when that happens it just it reminds you why you are trekking people down in the corridors following people in the lunch queue <laughs> um you know uh going to those efforts to to just introduce yourself and talk to people that you've never met before um and try and really get their attention quickly um and you know you've done that when they then echo your words back in those main rooms. And that's, yeah, really what we're there to do. Um, We call it speaking truth to power. It's a phrase we use a lot in Tier Fund, but it's great when they speak the truth back to you.
1: Yeah wow amazing at least you know even though they don't they don't uh mention to say ah i've met this this person who spoke about this because i mean everyone wants to look like i'm the one that came up with this but at least it's good because your agenda has <laughs> been pushed which is actually yeah. really good at the end of the day uh, what you're loving for is being pushed so as we wrap up uh lucy i'll i'll still uh still with you let's look at uh, what um Let's look at the hopes for the next uh, negotiations that are happening and when they are happening. Then also if you could just share with us the team that you are with uh, uh, in Paris because I understand you are actually a, a, a team that really did so much in Paris. Then after that, Hannah, I'll get to you to just look at uh, how you would encourage people for those that would, are wondering how they could actually participate they may not be there at the negotiations but how do they you know add their voice in one way or the other as uh, these conversations are being uh, had so Lucy um, over to you if you could just uh, uh, share with us what's next I uh, and C3 when is it what mm. are we hoping for and also share with us the team that you were with in, in Paris okay
2: I'm going to take those in reverse order so that it's chronological. Um, Yes, so our team in Paris was fantastic. I'm going to try and name everyone. I will fail. There was myself. There was Rich Gower, who worked very closely with the Waste Pickers, along with Sophia Varley. Uh, There was Hannah, who is here with us today, uh, and Adam and Jack, who you spoke to um, a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, all leading the campaign side of things. Um, and also joining us was a colleague who works um, for one of the movements we support uh, in Malawi. Her name is Dr. Tungu uh, musumara Gawa, and she came specifically to support us with the flooding research. So yes, that was the team. It is not a it's not a solo effort or a. Or a duo effort between Hannah and myself we were a well-equipped team taking advantage of the ease of travel um, between uh, Paris and London uh, which is not the case for all of the INCs. Uh, The next INC uh, is harder for me to get to but easier for you Jessica. Um, The next INC is in Nairobi, Kenya. Um, in November and uh, we we hope that you will be joining us and other colleagues um, from our offices in Kenya and from movements uh, in that part of Africa, Uh, as well as myself and Rich, we're um, sort of regulars um, at each INC. So that's that's the hopes for the team at INC3. Um, Our lobbying aims, as I said, um, the secretariat are now drafting, producing the first draft of the treaty uh, and that will be the main item on the agenda really our main aim is to keep that the main item on the agenda and to keep all of these other administrative items and the geopolitical issues I talked about out of the room and to really negotiate the plastics treaty so I think that will be a task in itself Um, so and as I said just making sure that the things that are included in that options paper I talked about make it into the treaty proper as it starts to take shape
1: yeah Thank you so much, Lucy, and well done to you and the team. You really did amazing works, and uh, sharing with us this ins- this information actually feels a whole lot like we were there in the room, So, which is actually really, really good. We definitely appreciate you and the whole team. Uh, Hannah, um, you could uh, just share with us how can people participate, how can they contribute in their own business, uh, capacity as an individual a group of young people an organization and a faith-based organization how can they just contribute to just make sure that at the end of the day we really get to uh, protect our environment and the people
0: yeah I think there are so many ways to engage um the fact that this is a live issue means that there's always scope um for engagement and and, and to shape the, the outcome. Um, and so with my techie head, um, I would say, jump on Google, it's very easy to search um, for the treaty itself, um, or to search for any of the INCs. And just, if you're technically minded, just have a look at the papers, have a read on um, the kind of options, as Lucy mentioned, the, the mechanisms that we're thinking that that could go into the treaty and just have a look at what the conversations um are around but then also feel free to contact your government whether that's at a local or national level and just ask for an update on what they're working on the things that they are prioritizing um and yeah i I guess it's a sense of accountability it's information but also accountability um and maybe that can open up the opportunity for you to present your own concerns or your own experiences to them and ask them to factor it in. Um, If you're a young person and you have a UN Youth Ambassador in your country, then definitely get in contact with them. Um, And overall, there's even if you don't necessarily engage with the, um, political process in terms of speaking to governments, speaking about the issue in your local community with your friends, with your families, hosting an event to raise awareness, um, of all the issues that we're talking about is also itself a, a point of engagement. Um, I, um, can share in some of the show notes if we have those, Jessica, um, just some of the resources that we've had, or there was a recording of the Waste Picker event um, that is public and open knowledge. And and that's an opportunity to hear about what the Alliance is talking about. Um, And then a couple more final things, forgive me, (laughs) because I'm overloaded with engagement. Um, But one gap that we've noticed in some of the conversations is around disability. Um, I haven't seen many disability organisations present or I haven't seen it much, kind Of in the conversation, and we're always talking about how um, societies and the way that we do plastic and the way that we're dealing with um, environmental related issues aren't factoring in or aren't bringing disabled people to the table. Um, and actually, this is an opportunity to do that. And so, if that's something that's on your heart, I would so encourage you to get involved in the process in this way. Um, and then I'm also thinking about another stunt for (laughs) IMC3 and it is my dream to be able to pull together a bunch of activists from the global south um, and get them to come up with the idea themselves as opposed to thinking about it in the UK and then rolling it out on ground. Um, So just a bit of a call. If there is anybody who will be interested in getting involved in that, then please do um, email us or drop us a message um, and we can connect.
1: Wow! Thank you so much, Hannah. And I think just on that note, I lose so Hannah. You could actually pick it up in your closing remarks. How people could, um, I know maybe there's some that would be interested, would want to learn more. Where I can get the can they get the resources? Um, is it uh, if, if it's a website where can they go to? If it's just maybe on Facebook on so, on different social media platforms, just to make sure that you know they get to uh, uh, be. Um, able to have this knowledge that you're sharing with us and they get maybe to just follow exactly the things that have been happening in these negotiations just in case they'd want to add their voice as well or they'll just want to be in the know so in your concluding remarks as we wrap up lucy you can also just share that information even as you wrap up lucy yeah
2: great i think hannah has um suggested quite a few different things people can link off to and have a look at and we can definitely put those in in the um in the text of the of the podcast for people to follow up uh we've got a range of materials where we've tried to make what's going on in the treaty accessible uh, in the same way that we've tried to do today so people can definitely have a look at those Um, they're more than welcome to look at the uh, technical uh, papers and things from the inc as you say but um, mm, i'm not sure i'd necessarily wish that that particular (laughs) joy upon (laughs) anybody but people are more than welcome to have a look if they wish to
1: thank you so much lucy and also thank you for all the work that you're doing to just try and uh, push that at the end of the day we really tried to get um, a legally binding treaty that would actually benefit a whole lot of people. Thank you so much, Lucy. Um, Hannah? Yeah, so
0: in terms of extra resources and where to go to find out more, um, here in the UK, the information about our rubbish campaign is based at tfn.org slash rubbish. Um, we have lots of... Um, what do I call them? Not tier fund countries. Tier fund in various countries. (laughs) Tier fund presence or tier fund offices in various countries um, are also joining the campaign. So you don't necessarily have to look at the UK page. Do have a look at what tier fund is doing in your country. Um, And if they're running the rubbish campaign, they can let you know um, what movements are doing locally to you. And it'd be really great for you to join in there. Um, And then I think in terms of my final thoughts and reflections, I left INC2 with a sense of how transformative this treaty could be. That when I was looking through the option papers, kind of the changes and the mechanisms that were being proposed were just so massively different from the world that we have now and the reality that we have now. And it kind of sparked this sense of Like, like, this is something that we all need to engage with. One, um, to be able to push it forward and do well and actually radically transform our world, but also to come together and imagine what this transformation could look like. Um, and so, I don't know what, I don't know what my final kind of call to action is, but just, if you can engage, engage, um, and just see, see, see what's happening with the treaty and, and join us in imagining what our world could look like over the next few decades.
1: Well thank you so much Hannah, thank you Lucy, uh, thank you Hannah and thank you for just sharing this rich information with us, really really appreciate it and I'm sure that this uh, information will go a long way. Um, hoping that uh, following this conversation a lot of people will you know gain some more interest to just get to know uh, how they can uh, contribute to the um negotiations so that at least when the plastic treaty is there it's all out it benefits the people that really need to benefit out of this from and also so that at least voices different voices are actually heard. so thank you lucy once again thank you hannah really really appreciate and um this is where we actually end our today's uh, episode of the renewal Award podcast thank you so much to all of you that have been listening in i am jessica and you've been listening to me from all the way from zambia lucy and hannah have actually been joining all the way from london They were are having this conversation online so really appreciate that lucy and hannah could actually make this time so for all those that uh, uh would like to make any follow-ups you'd love to know more about these negotiations just like hannah shared please feel free to follow uh the the different uh platforms that they've shared where you could actually get to learn more uh about this and also you could just uh, get to learn more about the rubbish campaign that uh tfn has been on to and you can just get to learn more and see how best you can contribute in your own uh way it doesn't matter where you are definitely you can always contribute something so it's bye bye for now and uh join me on another episode when i will Uh, get to have another person or people to get to have a different conversation for now bye-bye thank you for listening to renew our world podcast be sure to visit our website at renewourworld.net and if you love this episode subscribe and learn more about renew our world campaign and some of what our members and friends are doing until next time remember you are God's child, met in his image, so smile.